Happy New Year, Christ Journey Church. Christ Journey Kindle, feel our love. Christ Journey Church Online, feel our love. Christ Journey Gables, feel our love. Glad to be gathered in his name today as uh, this year is off to a powerful launch. And, uh, but I want to start by sharing something. I have a need and I have a solution that I want to start with. My, I have a personal need today. Uh, I need connection and I need community. And, um, and this whole socially distancing thing is messing with it. It's um, cramping my style. You know, to those of you who are joining us from across the nation and other places, we welcome you, whatever state you're in or whatever nation you're listening in from. But in Miami, um, we love to embrace one another. We love to, like, give air kisses or cheek kisses or hugs, right? Can I get an amen from somebody? Miami, this is who we are. And so the thing is, this, this whole distancing thing is messing with that. And, um, and yet it looks like we're going to still be trying to keep our safe distance as much as we can for, you know, the foreseeable future. So there's, that's my need. I have a need for personal community and for connection. And here's my potential solution. I'm not saying it's the only one, but it's one that I'd like to pitch and see if you'll join me in it. Um, because I've been trying to do it. That we take the challenge to personally try to put into words the feeling of embrace that we want to experience and offer to other people. Now, this is weird. It feels awkward if you've not done it because I've been learning how to do it. But what that looks like is this. You know, I walked up this morning to our engagement team, our guest services team here, and we're all masked up. And I said, oh, it's so great to see your smiling eyes. You know, because it was. And I'm looking at some smiling eyes now. And I can't see your smiles, but I know your eyes are smiling. So you're trying to figure out how can I make an emotional connection in spite of where we are right now. Or it's like, man, I just wish I could hug you. You know, that feels awkward for me to say, a little weird to say, but it's true. I have a need for connection and community, and but I can't make physical contact, so the best thing I can do is try to figure out how do I let you know that I miss you, that I need you, that I want, I, I look for ways Here's another way that I've discovered, and this has been a discipline for me. I'm still learning. But where I have appreciation for another person, I try to compliment them with sincerity. Try to put it into words. Man, I appreciate, and then fill in the blank. And I've been doing it textually. I've been doing it digitally. I've been doing it personally from a distance. <laughs> you know, I have to shout through your mask to do it. But that's my challenge. My need, connection, and community. My solution, let's figure out ways to do it verbally to the ones that we share space with in our personal lives, in our business lives, in our church life, in our life. Let's figure out a way. Miami, I'm talking to Miami Christ Journey now. Uh, let's figure out a way to kiss one another verbally, to hug each other verbally. I know it sounds weird, but we don't want to lose this part of who we are. Um, now, as we gather to worship today, we are not unaware, as you have already heard, of events this past week in our nation's capital city and our capital building itself, and of the many things that could be said, the thing that is rising up to my front view screen on Sunday morning of this Lord's Day is the experience of Jesus before Pilate. Pilate, the pagan Roman power player, 
who thought he had Jesus in his hands, and he asks him simply, so you're a king? You're king of the Jews. And what does Jesus say back to him? This is what I was reminded of even this morning early in my prayers. What Jesus said is, my kingdom is not of this world. And then he said, my kingdom comes from another place. And then Jesus models another kind of leadership that sets an example for us and invites us into another kind of kingdom. And the same kingdom that he said, when you pray, I want you to pray like this, thy kingdom come on earth, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's how I would like to voice my prayer today as we begin. And it seems appropriate for me to pray from my knees. And if you would like to join me there from wherever you find yourself at home or uh, in a in Kindle campus, we're, we've got space. If you want to join me, then let's do it now. Lord Jesus, gracious almighty God, our heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we worship you in your greatness and your goodness and your holiness. And we ask you that you would have mercy on us in our brokenness. Forgive our many sins. Teach us. Show us how to forgive others as you do. Even as we also pray for justice to be done, we pray for our nation, our leaders, our citizens. Teach us all to act justly as we love mercy and walk humbly with you. We pray today for all who need physical and emotional healing. We pray for all who need financial help. We pray for an end to this pandemic. We pray for healing in our land, and our economy, in our world, peace in our homes and in our world. And if you join me in this prayer, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Now, you know what? You say in our culture, if you say the word sacrifice, in our culture, some visual images come immediately to mind, like maybe one, a sacrifice fly ball in a baseball game or softball game, or maybe uh, what armed forces do for one another in combat, you know, place themselves on the line for one another. What first responders do in just doing their job, they place themselves in harm's way for the greater good. Or what parents do. Parents know this word, sacrifice, what we do for our kids, working two or three jobs and taking on more responsibility so that our kids can have privileges that perhaps we have never experienced. Or what many of us have done during the pandemic, sacrificed time together for the safety of our loved ones. Sacrifice is what some of us are doing right now as the new year begins on the other side of the holidays and we're, we, you call it diet in the new year, but sacrifice is what it is. It's what I did in my 20s to buy my then fiance's engagement ring and I wanted it to be paid for uh, before we got married. And so I missed meals on a youth pastor's salary. I missed meals and saved the money so that I could pay uh, for that ring. Sacrifice, in popular use, it means this, giving up something you love for something else you love even more. And it's what Jesus did for each of us on the cross. He gave, God gave himself to us in his son on the cross in love for us. Now, the image that doesn't first come to mind for us when you say sacrifice is probably the very one that would if in the first century you said that word. You know what it is? What you did at the temple. 
Religions of that day all involved bringing some kind of sacrifice, an animal or a plant life, to their temple to offer to their gods. All the pagan religions of Romans and Greeks did it, and the Jews did sacrificing at their temple as well in Jerusalem. So you showed your worship to God in the sacrifices that you brought. Now, anthropologists say, maybe you've studied this, that sacrifice is a complex phenomenon that has been found in the earliest known forms of worship in all parts of the world. In ancient times, animal and harvest sacrifices were made, anthropologists say, to secure the favor of the gods or to minimize hostility from the gods who were after you. Pagan worship sometimes involved human sacrifices. Now, Hebrew worship prohibited that. The Jewish worship prohibited that. In fact, it gave specific detailed instructions from Torah on how to make sacrifices at the temple, who received them, who gave them, what was supposed to be involved in them. And, but if you think about it for a moment, the modern mind, to the modern mind, this seems like a very barbaric practice. Why and how could God ever approve or invite people to do this? Well, biblically, the short answer to that question is this. It was an object lesson for the illiterate people about the costliness of sin, an object lesson for all his people about the costliness of sin that with the shedding of blood as a metaphor for spiritual death foreshadowed the atonement that God himself would make in order to do justice and provide reconciliation for sinful people. An object lesson. Now, the Jews faithfully made sacrifices from uh, the time of the patriarchs all the way to 70 AD when the Romans finally destroyed the Jerusalem temple. But did you know, did you know that there was one first century group in Israel that was known to not follow that worship practice? In fact, from the beginning of their worshiping, They were known not to offer animal sacrifices. Who were they? The followers of Jesus. You and me in that day would be in that group. Christian worshipers were the only group known in the Roman world that did not make animal sacrifices. Why not? Well, they give the answer in the New Testament. It's extraordinary, their rationale. But they believe that the death of Jesus... As God was the final sacrifice made, the God-man rendered all animal sacrifices unnecessary. Now, all the Jews kept on offering animal sacrifices at the temple until 70 AD when the Romans tore it down. But the followers of Jesus never started. After his resurrection and his ascension, their worship was made to Jesus in a different way. They saw a new covenant coming into being. One that was sealed with the blood of God's Lamb, Jesus Christ, in which God was seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth. Jesus said that God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And, um, 
And then these are worshipers who we learn from reading the New Testament that they saw their bodies as the temple that God would make himself known through. The temple where God's spirit would come to dwell as Christ was received as Savior and his forgiveness, cleansing our sin, his spirit, filling us with his power, his fire. And as we learned last week, not only were their bodies the temple of worship, but we also learned that they were living sacrifices that are presented. We offer God our bodies as living sacrifices, which is our spiritual act of worship. So early Christians saw their bodies as the living sacrifice we bring to offer God in worship. Now, why would, uh, why would we present our bodies? Why are we to offer our bodies? And the simple answer is this, because everything that makes you you is contained inside your body. Is that right? I mean, your mind, your will, your soul, your heart, all of your strength... Your, your memories, your thoughts, your identity, your choices, everything that makes you, you, you contain in that body. So when you offer God your body, you are saying, Lord, I give everything I know about me to everything I know about you. In fact, I'd like for us to say that together. Wherever you're making your connection with us today, just if you're wearing a mask, breathe deeply and speak through it. But let's say this together, okay? Lord... I give everything I know about me to everything I know about you. That is what's represented in offering our bodies in worship. Now, people are doing many things with their bodies these days. People are doing many things to their bodies these days. And people are giving many reasons as to why they're doing what they're doing with and to their bodies. But the message to believers here is, if you want to know if you have truly worshipped on this Lord's day, ask yourself this, have I offered my body to God? Because that's what the New Testament says is your living sacrifice. Have you released your will and your life, everything you know about you, to everything you know about God at this point? Because that's what the heart of worship is. It means living your life as an instrument surrendered to God so that his will can come to fruition through you. Now, why would anybody want to do that? Right? Why would you do that? What's in it for me is the typical question that human beings ask. Well, how could God dare make such a request? It's right there in the text. We heard it last week. By his mercies is the motivation. Mercy simply means that everything God has done in love in Christ to cover everything that was separating you prior to his coming, and it also means everything that is yet to happen because his promise is available in you, his mercies. In other words, in light of all that he has done for you and is going to do with you, then the most appropriate response to that is to say, then Lord, here. Here's all of me. I'm all in. Here's all of me for all of you. Like the John Legend song, you know? I give all of me. Only here it's an act of love for God. And in each act of worship, we're placing ourselves, our bodies, everything we know, like clay on the potter's wheel, all of it, or like iron to be forged in the fire where he can give shape for significance. When the early followers of Jesus prayed in the upper room, just as Jesus had told them to, after his resurrection, after his ascension, they were to wait in the upper room. 
until the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit came like what? Fire. And the fire came, landed on each one of them, empowering them, what we discover, to live a larger life. Bearing witness to God's truth in Christ. That's what the life of worship does. As we yield our lives to God, then his Holy Spirit fire forges, shapes our lives for eternal impact. Now, this series is about worship, and though the New Testament followers of Jesus did not worship with animal sacrifices, we've already established that, at a physical temple, they still used the language of temple sacrifice to make spiritual offerings to God. And so if you're reading through the New Testament, you're going to find language like this and wonder what it means. There are five times in the New Testament where we are shown as Christ followers what offerings we can bring as those who worship in spirit and in truth, but not to appease the wrath of an angry God. See, this is where the anthropologists are wrong about followers of Jesus. We don't make our offerings to calm God down or to stir God up so that he'll treat us right, that we get blessing. We bring our offerings, our lives, to pour our thoughts and our words and our feelings into the mold of surrender that Jesus modeled for us. And today's offering is found in Hebrews 13, verse 15. See, we start, Paul says, by offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, and then we follow it up with offering our lips. Through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. The sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Would you read this verse with me? Let's bring it back up. I want us to read this verse together out loud. Okay, take a breath. Here we go. Through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Now remember, our sacrifices don't earn God's blessing. They don't earn God's forgiveness. We don't give them to motivate God to do something for us. We already have that by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Okay, so then why do we offer the sacrifice of praise? Why would a New Testament follower of Christ offer the sacrifice of praise? Answer, to express a lifestyle that Jesus modeled, one of continual fellowship with God. That's why the verse starts, let us continually offer. That means keep on offering until you have achieved its intended use. It's like if your favorite running back has got the ball and he's running toward the goal line, you don't want him to slow down or stop until he crosses over and scores. That's what this means, continually offering praise to its intended end. It's like in the Forrest Gump movie, you know, where everybody in the stands goes, run, Forrest, run, and then stop, Forrest, stop. Only in the believer's life, this is what he's saying, praise, Forrest, praise, until you get to your intended destination. Now, how do you do that? Hint, it involves your mouth. Jesus said, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. 
Now, when you squeeze your tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Or you're, up, you're brushing your teeth and it, maybe it's dark in the room and you grab the antiseptic gel instead. <laughs> you know, whatever's, what comes out of the tube is whatever's inside the tube, regardless of what you thought it would be. Jesus says, here's how you know what's going on in your heart. How can you tell what's truly filling your heart? Just check to see what's coming out of your mouth. A sacrifice of praise is made from, uh, from the heart through the mouth, following Jesus as a way of life. So not empty words of praise and songs that we sing until we feel something. It's connected to a life that is modeling itself after Jesus by faith and the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. That means that we're living our life under his, the umbrella of his name. So where does mouth fruit grow from? Heart seeds. So if you're paying attention to what's coming out of your mouth and you want to know how can I change that, you got to see what seeds am I allowing to grow in my heart. The contents of your heart will change as you align your will because you have offered your body to God. This is how worship works. The contents of your heart change as you align the words of your mouth to the character of Christ. And he starts giving shape to your thoughts, your feelings, and your words by the mold that Jesus gave us. So a sacrifice of praise isn't when you say, hey, stuff really went wrong, but praise God anyway. No, this is yielding to God in such a way that allows him to weave his will into your life. It's like learning how to ride the wave of obedience, Jesus' obedience and sacrifice, into your way of life. It's letting our thoughts be renewed. It is Letting, uh, it's thinking a new way. It's allowing our minds to be transformed like we heard last Sunday. In fact, did you know this? The Lord's Prayer begins with a call, with a sacrifice of praise. Hallowed be thy name is one of those. That's a sacrifice of praise. It's focusing my mind's attention and my heart's affection, saying, God, I want you to be the center of all things in my life. And out of that posture, then... You offer the rest of your life as a prayer. It's a sacrifice of praise. Now, you can do that in a church building, but it's meant to be offered in the true temple of God, which is what? Your body. Your body is the true temple of God, where the Spirit of God lives. And as you give your body to God and say, Lord, I'm all that I know about me. I'm given to all that I know about you, and I'm all in. Then it comes out of our mouths, and then that's where the posture of your life starts coming into your day. And there's power in that. There's power in praise. When praise went up in Joshua's day, the walls of Jericho came down. The enemy's defenses went away. Why? Because it was offered from lives that were lived in step with God's, with God's will. Joshua chapter 6. Taking obedient steps and then offering praise brought the walls down. Jehoshaphat was battling invaders in Judah. And when he did, this is what he did. He sent the singing men... Yes, there are men that sing, and they were leading the warrior band. Sent the singing men out ahead of his army to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And then, as they began to sing, and as they began to praise, guess what happens? The Lord defeated the enemies. Like Jenny shared with us earlier, the battle was the Lord's, but it happened. It became real when the sacrifice of praise was offered. So when you're walking in step with God, praise 
brings enemy defenses down, and praise brings wins spiritual wars. So, what difference does this make to you? Well, let me ask you this. Do you know the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer? Yes, you do. The first one controls the temperature, sets the temperature in the room. What's the second one do? Reports the temperature in the room. And what I'm hearing in this, for the life of Christ's followers, is that the sacrifice of praise gives you the power to be the thermostat in your life in facing the hurt and hardship in this world. And as the year begins, God has given you a tool already to do some climate control in your life through the sacrifice of praise. That's why this matters. And I'm not the only one who says it. James, Peter, and Paul, three leading apostles, all give calls to the sacrifice of praise. Let me remind you, see if you agree. James chapter 1, verse 2. Hey, by the way, let's, let's say this one out loud again together. Kendall, you still with me? Shout out to Kendall. Okay, church online, we're all paying attention here. Let's all say this out loud together. Gables campus, here we go. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is powerful, but it's a call to make the sacrifice of praise. Can you imagine facing the fire and coming out on the other side not lacking anything? That's the promise. And the way there, James says, learn how to offer the sacrifice of praise. What does Peter say? You know, Peter had mouth problems. You know, open mouth, insert foot. Regularly he would do that. What has he learned before he wrote his letter so that we could find hope and help? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Does that sound like 2020 to you? These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, forged by fire, may result in praise, in glory, in honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, let's all join together once again. Take a breath. Here we go. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Oh my goodness. Here's a New Year's gift for you. Imagine coming through whatever trials you're facing and coming out on the other side full of inexpressible and glorious joy. That's the promise. And that's the difference that a sacrifice of praise can bring. An increased joy in your life in spite of the trials that we're facing. And that's the difference. And then Paul Paul learned it. He speaks from personal experience. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he's facing that thorn in his flesh, you know, that was constantly badgering him, stabbing him in pain, tormenting him from Satan is what he said. Have you ever felt like Satan's got your number and he's coming to take you out, take you down, and you just can't get away from the pain of it? <laughs> Paul felt like that. What did he do? The spiritual superhero, Paul, 
He prays. He does the same thing you do, the same thing I do. Lord, would you please get this out of my life? Take this thing away from me. And not just one time, two times, three times he prays earnestly, passionately. God, would you please get rid of this thing in my life? And three times he doesn't hear anything from God. Until this sense, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Want to say that one with me? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So you know what Paul does next? You know what he says? Okay, well then I'm going to boast in my weakness. I'm going to delight in my hardship, in my difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. He's talking about the sacrifice of praise. When faith is released through a focused mind and an obedient life, the blessing of joy comes. The strength of God comes. Now, we already know this. 2021 is not going to be a cakewalk. Um, there are challenges out there. COVID's not gone yet. The economy's not back yet. You and I can't go, come and go as we please yet. We're still going to be facing the challenges as the new year begins. But the sacrifice of praise is a gift God has given us so we can defy the darkness and still be standing when the dust settles if we will unleash it with the voice of faith and then let God promote you does God give promotions you know Jesus says he does been looking for a promotion in your life Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 especially when you're facing the fire the crucible Jesus said this blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me they're saying lies about me Rejoice and be glad. This is Jesus calling out a sacrifice of praise. In the middle of it, he's saying, use your thermostat, set the temperature, and then know this, because great is your reward in heaven, and the same way they've always persecuted the prophets who were before you. You've got a reward coming, and you just got promoted in influence to a status of prophet. Now, the sacrifice of praise may not change your situation, but I can promise you this, it will change you in your situation, and that's the difference that it can make. If you're feeling the fire and you're in the crucible and you're wondering, why would I do this anymore? Why don't I just hang it up, throw in a towel, and you start chasing through those? Can I tell you, here's a word from God today. Don't. Don't quit. <laughs> Keep on. Put on, you know, get, now is the perfect time for you to offer a sacrifice of praise. So here's, I have two assignments from this message today. The first one is make a fresh surrender of your body to Christ. The second one is this, create a, pray, a playlist of faith. One that you, those songs that you love, that fill your heart and that focus your mind and that restore your strength. And then uh, get that a list of 10 songs that you like to give your faith voice and then put them on, play them loud, sing along with them, turn it up. Count it all joy, James says. Or Jesus says, jump for joy. That's what, be exceedingly glad. Your faith is more precious to God than gold. So let that fire forge you into something amazing. So in the midst of change and chaos, praise God. Praise the Lord. In the midst of uh, hurt and hardship, praise him. Have faith in God, though all else fail about you. Have faith in God. He provides for his own. He cannot fail 
Though all kingdoms shall perish, he rules, he reigns upon his throne. What can you do with today's message? Worship God. How do you do that? Number one, offer your body in fresh surrender of your life and then voice it with your mouth. Here's how you can do that right now. Wherever you're connecting with us, you can say this, Lord, you are my God and I praise you. And right now I give all that I know about me today to all that I know about you today, and I choose your will. I am offering my body for the doing of your will, even though I don't completely know what that is. But we're saying we trust you, Lord, because we know how much you love us. And then from that posture of fresh surrender, create your playlist of praise. Ten songs that light you up, and then ten songs of faith and worship. And here's the assignment. Every day this week, Monday, Tuesday through next Sunday, three times a day, break that playlist out and play one in the morning, play one at noon, play one in the evening, but let's just wear our playlist of praise out, and then if you really want to be courageous about this, crank it up, turn it up, and sing out loud. Sing where your family can hear you. We might have some singing warrior men who can watch the barriers come down, just saying, hey, I'm going to try the sacrifice of praise and then see if... God shows up. What is God calling you to do? Some of you have been praying about breakthrough. How do you get there from here? Give yourself a break. It's not up to you. Give your body to God and then offer him the sacrifice of praise. And Jesus' promise was that your joy quotient will increase. But can you imagine this? Not only for you personally, but what if every Christ journeyer in every home and in all across this county this week were to just set the thermostat for a sacrifice of praise three times a day, do you think it would make a difference? Let's find out. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for giving your all to us in Christ and then for bringing your spirit to live within us so that now our lives could be forged into vessels through which your life, your joy, your will can break out in our world, especially in times like this. So believer, would you just lean in right now? Sister, brother, what is God saying to you? What would you like to say back to him? Do it now. And then maybe, friend, you know that God is calling you by name and saying today is your day of salvation what can you do you can say Lord I'm listening I'm listening and I'm willing I'm willing to make the beginning I'm willing to open my heart I open my life to you I receive the forgiveness of sins I welcome the presence of your spirit come alive in me that your will might bring joy as I follow you in the days ahead. And Lord, for every person who just prayed that prayer with me, we invite your blessing upon them in the next steps of faith as we make it in Jesus' name. Amen.